Hello everyone, welcome to our fifth podcast. We have chosen a very important topic today in line with an extremely important month for us, Mental Health Awareness Month. Mental health is something that affects us all in some capacity, whether it be directly or whether a family or friend may be suffering. In today's podcast, we have Tom from Project 14, a local non-profit community group that promotes positive mental health. Welcome, Tom. Thank you for joining us. And um, would you mind introducing yourself and Project 14, telling us a little bit more about the amazing work that you do? Hi, everyone. So, yeah, I'm Tom from Project 14. I'm the treasurer there. Um, Project 14 was set up uh, about two and a half years ago now. It was set up by Beth and it was set up because we lost our friend uh, Sally to suicide. It was a time that we were all heartbroken. We were in and our way of grieving was to throw ourselves into charity activities where we're raising lots and lots of money for great, great, great national charities. One that really just springs to mind is we did a sponsored walk that raised £17,500 for the Mind Charity. However, Beth was of the mindset that all this money is getting raised uh, by people from Barnsley and the Dern Valley, and it is getting put to these national charities where sometimes Barnsley would never see this money, and that is what spurred us on to start Project 14. We donate to local charities, we donate to local groups, we share local resources that are out there. We, even sort of little things like we've got hoodies made. We have hoodies made in our area, so we're just constantly contributing to our area, Barnsley. We are trying our best to make people feel that they can talk, that they've got someone to go to. We're also trying our best to educate people on how to listen, how to respond in these conversations and how to support people. Thanks, Tom. What you're doing is fantastic and I think it should inspire everyone to do a little bit more. Topic one is going to be about how to listen. As a student, I know that a lot of the time my main emotional support system is other students, my housemates, my netball friends and such. Um, and I'm so thankful that I have this support system around me, especially now the prospect of going home is a lot more difficult and times are a lot more uncertain. I've come to recognise that these support systems are needed now more than ever. From the perspective of being somebody else's support system when times are hard, it can be difficult for students in wider society, to be fair, to know what to say when they suspect that one of their friends is struggling. So, Tom, what advice would you give from your experience? So, it, it's tough and there isn't one set answer here. What I would say is try and reach in. If you think that there's something not right with with one of your friends, one of your uh, flatmates, one of your student, the fellow students, please reach in. Just ask them how they are. Be genuine. It's so important to be genuine. If they answer and you think, well, I'm not sure that's right, ask them again. Ask them again. I've recently done this with a friend who's recently got back in touch with me. I asked him if he was all right. He, he said yes. I asked him again because of how intense he was. And he did, and he said, yeah, he were again. And, he, and uh, he, he really did sort of make me feel sure that he was fine. 
and he sort of gave me a little bit of ribbing, but a little bit of ribbing is better than not asking twice. So please don't be afraid to ask uh, ask twice. The other important thing is to listen. You, you, you haven't got all the answers. Don't feel the responsibility of having all the answers. Just listen. You're there for them to open up to you. And the most, in my opinion, the most important thing is to be non-judgmental. Just do not judge. You don't have to empathise with their problem. You have to empathise with their feeling. And I think we can all agree that no one wants anyone to feel in a hole where that they can't get out of. So just please don't judge on on any sort of... Um, response there just just try and not be judgmental and just listen um yeah i 100% agree sometimes a little bit of eye contact and just saying you know what i don't understand but help me understand is it goes a long way um so next question what is the type of things you would urge people to say to engage in discussions and conversations about mental health um so i'd be sort of looking at just just talking about it, just open the conversation. And this doesn't have to be if you are feeling in a bad place. If you are in a good place, we can still talk about his mental health. We have all got a mental health. We've all got a mental health. We've all got a physical health. And we should all be talking about both of them. Both of them. And I can be just as bad. If I've got a cold, I can say I'm I feel horrendous and be a real sort of drama queen about it. But if I've had a day where I'm not feeling particularly great mentally, I probably won't open up about that. And it's something that I'm making a real conscious effort now to talk about that. And if I am feeling great, maybe I've done a 6K run and I'm feeling brilliant about that, then let's 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 talk about that. Let's say, look, I've done this and it's made me feel great. Let a conversation about mental health doesn't just have to be the dark side. It can be the good side as well. So if, if when that becomes normal, we can all start talking and the conversation is more normalised and no one then feels that sort of um, potential judgment from society. Um, 100%, I'd only echo what you've just said there and the whole um, positive impact of mental health and conversation as well. Um, is definitely really valuable. Um, I know. I know a lot of the time people say, "Oh, are you okay?" as a conversation filler. How can we ask someone if they're okay and come across as we actually mean it? Um, I think this goes back to what we sort of touched in the first question. It's it's that being genuine. Just try and be genuine. I sort of lean towards saying, "How are you?" because "How are you?" leads to not just a yes or no answer um but that is just me that's not to say are you okay it's, it's wrong because it's not it's fine but just say just be genuine and you know what if if you're not happy with that that answer just say are you sure you're okay it, it's it is fine to ask twice please don't be scared of doing that just be genuine um it is that is the most important thing yeah, and I think it's something all of us can do as friends and as family members as well. Yeah. Um, 
one of your main slogans I've noticed looking at your Facebook page is Be which is my um, Yorkshire accent. <laughs> From my understanding, it's kind of a slogan that is more broadly symbolic of a light at the end of the tunnel um, and the idea that everything will be okay. Would you agree with this? And is this something you as a listening service think is important? Would you say it's effective talking to someone who has mental health issues about the future and the possibility that the future will be much happier? Yeah, so Birey came from a slogan that we started with was, together we will be right. That was basically us saying that as a community, coming together and talking to each other and helping each other through our problems, we will be right, sort of thing. This got shortened because the initial slogan was quite long and quite a mouthful. But there is a saying around Yorkshire, ah, be right. And we wanted to try and change that sort of from being sort of whimsical, saying, ah, be right, and just say, no, we will make help you be right. We will we will now stop using that so whimsically and actually make you be right. And we're just trying to sh- put show that line there uh, sh- on that and make, it, make sure that people are actually okay. And, yeah, it's... Uh, it's had a bit of a journey that one uh, no i think it's a lovely sentiment um yeah i know in a lot of cases people suffer in silence i know i did for a while um from your experience or from simply doing what you do what are the warning signs for someone who may be suffering from a mental health illness would you say i know i appreciate there is not a one size fits all tick box nor is there ever going to be one answer short enough to be comprehensive as to explain the symptoms that every individual faces but what would you say are kind of the key signs to look out for so it's probably behavior that's not normal so it could be someone who's normally really open and bubbly they could be closing off it could be someone who's not been on the scene for for a while and then they come back to the scene sort of reintroduce themselves and it's like oh where they've been that that can also be a warning sign um staying out longer than they normally would or going home earlier than they normally would just the sort of things that are not re- not sort of normal for their character to what it normally is another big one is a regular communication so someone may text you quite a lot and then they stop texting you or someone could you barely hear from them and then the back can really intense and this was sort of what i was saying earlier about my friend when i asked him and it's just trying to pick up on behaviors that aren't normal uh, but again these this isn't everything there are there are so many different signs and sometimes you've got to probably trust your gut a little bit and you know what if you ask somebody if they okay and you engage a conversation and everything's fine there's no harm done but if you sort of think, oh, I'm not sure, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you never know. So just please, if if there is any sort of feeling there, ask them if they're okay and ask them twice. Yeah, I think as well um, in the current climate, giving someone a ring or a FaceTime is so valuable because you're not going to see them as much as you usually would. Um, make an effort to do that, I think, is something that we can all do. Um, finally, uh, what advice would you give to someone who is currently supporting someone with a mental illness? As I know, it can be really daunting and perhaps quite stressful at times. It completely is. And what I would say is you're doing a great job supporting. 
and you should be very proud of what you're doing. But what you also need to make sure that you do is make sure you take time for you. You're a person, you're not a pro. You don't have all the answers. You're just there to help and listen and so and take them to any professional um, counselling that they may need and support them through that process. You're not there to um, give them all the answers. You're just there to help them. So you've just got to make sure you take that time for you so you don't get completely overwhelmed. But just remember, you are doing a great job, a great job. And as I said earlier, just don't judge and empathy towards that feeling. But just always remember that you're doing something great and you should be very proud of what you're doing. So just make sure you take that time for you. You don't question everything that you're doing. You're just, you're just there to support. You're not there to have all the answers. Um, thank you for that. I think that's very, very valuable advice. Um, topic two is self-help. And I want to turn now to some of the things individuals can do for themselves to be happier and healthier versions of themselves. Firstly then, Tom, I've seen that you run Project 14 fitness classes. Is this something you'd urge people to get involved in? I might be slightly biased, but exercise is one of the main reasons why I'm the happiest I've ever been. Would you say that in your experience, exercise and sport as an outlet is an effective way of overcoming anxiety, depression or any mental health struggle? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we base our support that we offer around the NHS Five Steps to Mental Wellbeing. Because um, we know that that is approved, safe and trusted advice. And one of these steps is to be physically active. It's so important to be um physically fit to be mentally fit so i would urge anyone especially now where times are a little bit strange to watch these videos take part in these videos do these videos they're completely free on facebook there's a banked amount of these videos we do intend to keep doing the free videos I would just urge anyone to do it because being physically active is so important for your mental health. So I will ensure that we get links out there so these can be shared as well for these videos. Um, yes, I will put them on our Instagram as well so people can check them out. Even if you're not struggling mentally, um, it's just something to do if you're isolating or stuck in the house as well. I Absolutely. What are the other things you'd suggest for students or individuals to try to do to clear their head um, when they might want to fight some demons in their head? Uh, what would you suggest? So things that make you happy, it's that simple. It could be going out for a walk along the canal. It could be to meditate. It could be a bike ride. It could be to cook a nice meal. It could be to bake, draw, paint. I would say, so my job is an accountant so I don't really get much creativity um, I can't really draw so what I do to if I've had a bad day is I cook because that allows me to be creative and see something at the end of it and I, I get a really good feeling from that but it's about it's about the person you know what makes you happy try and do that thing that makes you happy um, and it, it could be 15 minutes it could be half an hour it could be an hour it could be whatever time but you just try and do that thing that makes you happy and you will find that you will have a real big shift in how you feel afterwards. 
Um, I completely agree. And I think being in Yorkshire, we're very lucky that we've got the peaks and the countryside around us. I think if lockdown's taught me anything, it's the um, benefits of being outdoors um, for mental health. Just being able to stand in like fresh air, I think that does a lot for my mental health anyway. I'd urge yeah. people definitely, definitely get outside more. Um, finally, are there any particular services you would recommend to students or listening services that you have found have been brilliant in the past? There, there's so many services out there. I've got, a, I've, I've wrote a short list and I may miss some. And if I do, I apologise. But uh, Samaritans, people sort of judge Samaritans of being that last phone call you make. But that isn't the case. It's a free phone call to make and they're there to listen. You've got someone at the end of the phone who's there to listen and wants to help you. It does not have to be your last call. And please remember that and t please have that as a takeaway from this. Uh, locally, we have Umbrella, which is another great listening service. Nationally, we have Mind, the NHS. Shout is a national text service as well, because I know some people don't like speaking on the phone as much. But you can text Shout. And it's uh, the number is 85258, but you can find them online. It's called Shout, and it's that text service there. Um, I will be sure to also add these to the description of the podcast to make sure that everyone's got access to them, because uh, I think it's really, really important. Um, music jingle. Um, so topic three is men's mental health. I want to turn to men's mental health briefly here. I know a lot of male students might resonate with the upcoming topic of discussion. Off on a bit of a tangent here, but I just want to say now that it's okay to reach out and it is okay to say that you are not okay. I don't care how cliche that sounded. Um, as a female student, I would so much prefer one of my male friends to come speak to me about how they're feeling so I could listen and help rather than keep it bottled up. Um, and importantly, I do think I'm speaking for the majority of our student body here. It is not embarrassing to speak up, uh, man, woman, non-binary, um, no matter who you are, mental health is important. So please, please speak up. Anyway, um, going back to the topic of male mental health issues. I recently watched Freddie Flintoff's documentary and was personally really taken back by how human and how consuming his eating disorder appeared to be. I personally related to a lot of the things he was saying and a lot of the coping mechanisms. Um, I don't know if you've watched it, Tom, but he made a comment where he said that most people know him as Freddie Flintoff, and that's the one side of his personality that is the fun, charismatic cricket player. Um, and the other side of his personality, Andrew Flintoff, is the guy who suffers with this horrendously consuming eating disorder. I think amongst men, this kind of co-personality is really common. Uh, men tend to be really stubborn with admitting they aren't okay and will go above and beyond to make sure nobody knows. The amount of times I've heard the terrible news of someone taking their life and their family members saying they had no idea, going on to say they were really happy, bubbly individuals and such. Um, so is this common amongst the people you talk to and support? And if so, what advice would you give to people who might not recognise that their male friend or family member is really struggling? Um, how would you suggest going about this conversation or recognising that their male friend or family member is struggling perhaps behind closed doors? So firstly, I, what I would like to say is that, I know you sort of touched on there, but mental health is affecting everyone. It's an inclusive issue and we do need to remember that. However, like you said, there is, 
the statistics show that there's a much higher concentration on males being affected. We come from a community that is rocked by suicide. With the the numbers that we see is absolutely heartbreaking, and it, every single suicide that we hear about, our hearts are broken. We are, we are so so sad, and we want to change that. The part where you say about there may be two characters is absolutely true. I think about Sally, our friend. The reason why we started Project Fourteen. The reason why we, we are called Project 14 because he was number 14. He was the Joker. He lit, he lit every single party up. It would always sort of think, oh, what's Sally doing now? He was an absolute superstar. It, it was all attention on him. Obviously, behind that, there was a tortured soul. And it is so sad, and it's something that we are learning, we're learning every day, we don't have all the answers, um, but just a few points I would sort of say here is, just be non-judgmental. It is so important not to judge. Just please do not judge. Allow for silences. But just remember, you're here to listen. So just allow for them silences. And if the silences is going on what you feel is a little bit too long, prompt the person who you believe is struggling to talk it is for them to get everything off their chest and to get it out there in the open body language is also so important so ensure that you're not sat there with your arms folded and you see your body sort of tense be open sure that you're responsive to listening Sometimes sitting side by side can help. It takes away that sort of formality feeling that we may get of being in an interview. Sit side by side, put your arm around them, go for a drive is a great way of doing this. It's that there are plenty of ways to do sitting side by side. Assure them that there is hope. Assure them that there is light at the end of the tunnel you're not going to always feel like this we can get through this everyone we can get through this and finally what i would say is don't be afraid i'll say it, of asking outright are you having suicidal thoughts and make sure you ask it like that because this is something i learned from training courses i've been on i would have always said oh you're not going to do anything daft but someone struggling, someone who's considering suicide, doing something daft isn't some, uh, isn't suicide. So ask outright. Don't be afraid of saying this. And this was a real sort of eureka moment, if you like, for me, because I would have never, ever, ever thought to say that. But don't be afraid of saying it. Just do not be afraid of saying it if you think there is that risk there. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, it's actually really moving and some of the advice I think is going to reach out to a lot, a lot of people. Um, coming back to the idea that men tend to be reluctant to admit they are suffering, one thing I have strived to, strive to do throughout this mental health campaign is normal normalise the idea of, male, of mental health struggle. Um, not just amongst men, amongst everybody, um, but yes, to normalise male mental health struggle. The notion that not being okay is a lot more common than we think 
Um, what's your take on this? How can we educate our friends and family into really believing that it's okay to struggle and that it's okay to speak out? So I think having open conversations um, consistently is the best way to do so. We can upward educate our parents, we can downward educate um, younger, mem younger family members, we can do this. And I think the best way to do it is having these open conversations. And as I've sort of said earlier, we don't just have to talk about the dark side of mental health. We can also talk about the good side of mental health as well to have these conversations. This will normalise it. This will get rid of the stigma. Let's just keep having these conversations. Let's push it on. Even grandparents, it, it's so important to to ensure that we're sort of pushing um, these conversations and we are upwards and downwards educating. The slogan that's out there is, it's okay, it's okay not to be okay. It's absolutely okay not to be okay. But let's go one, st one step further. Let's drive the conversations. Let's, uh, let's drive them conversations so we know what, that it's okay not to be okay, but we're there to help you be okay again, because that's what we all want. We don't want someone to just stay not being okay. You want to help them be okay. So let's drive these conversations and help people. 100% and I think it's something that we can all actively do um, to, to normalise mental health, but to the extent that we see mental health um, as we see physical health, um, which I think there's a huge disparity in at the minute. Um, but yeah, it's something that we can all do. Uh, when I think about it, um, men grow up in a society that tells them to, that it's their job to be macho and to suppress their emotions and to appear as, as strong as they can um, as a sign of masculinity in a way. And I think this has got to massively contribute to the exceedingly high levels of male suicide and the harsh reality that men tend to suffer in silence a little bit more than women. Uh, what is your take on this, Tom? Would you agree? Uh, do you think this contributes to uh, male hostility to speak up? I do agree, yes. I do think there is more of an openness now to talk, but there is a long way for us to go. I do feel as a society as well, we we don't just sort of live on these macho dreams as well. What we do is put ourselves under extreme pressure at times. And we need to just sometimes pause and recharge and ensure that we we are taking these times for ourselves and we, we we just think look at the messages that's out there look at what everyone's saying we've got two larger than life characters in freddie flintoff and tyson fury who are openly talking about their battles with mental health issues it's fine for us to be to not be okay like i said but let's make ourselves be okay. Let's get that help that's out there. A hundred percent. I think as much as society's perhaps, society and social media is perhaps contributing to negative mental health, there are a lot of resources online which attempt to normalise the issue. So in the same vein, we can use those to um, raise awareness on this topic. Um, going back to the eating disorder topic, I know that the role Freddie Flintoff's documentary will have to play is yet to be realised, but I think it is a widely unspoken about topic, uh, men suffering with eating disorders. As a society, I don't think we talk about it near enough. Um, 
from your experience, is male mental health and relationship with eating disorders a much larger deal than the media and society as a whole give recognition for? So what I would say this year is body image has been the theme this year on many of the mental health events that's been out there. We live in a society where we are quick to critique and things can go viral and more and more people will join in when they see something negative out there. What I would urge anyone to do is just stop, think about what you put in. It's every bit as easy to put something positive on a social media post as it is to put something negative. And if you put something positive on that social media post, you may make someone else's day. And how good would that feel to you? You think if you make someone else's day that and they're happy, and then that makes you happy, that's two people happy for one simple little thing. I'm not here to criticise social media because it can do so much good. But we need to remember that we don't need to compete and compare to every single post that we see out there. We just need to be happy within ourselves, some, not use it as much as what some people use it, and just try and spread positivity out there. Let's make it a much happier and safer place for everyone. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's worth knowing that self-reflection is really useful uh, when, we're, when we're talking about social media. If you don't think that having Instagram or whatnot is benefiting your life, like delete it for a few weeks. Um, and I think you will see a lot of benefits in your own mental state when you're not actively comparing yourself to other people all the time. Um, but yeah, finally, uh, in general, what advice would you give to men listening to this podcast that might be struggling with mental health issues? So this is just going to be really to the point now. It's going to be, please speak up. Be honest, get that help that is out there, get that support that is out there. Just please speak up, do not suffer in silence. And to be really cheesy and end on, together we will be right. That'll get me some brownie points with Beth for putting that in. <laughs> no, that's brilliant um, and super important. I haven't paid particular attention to COVID-19 in this podcast, partly because I myself feel a bit down when I think of all the negatives associated with this pandemic, all the things I've missed out on and the not so nice reality of the new normal. But that's what, exactly why I think it deserves at least a recognition. Us as a student body have been handed a very harsh deal with COVID-19, missing out on key social interactions and experiences, not actually be, being about to go into uni, uh, some of us not even being able to leave the house, um, it's really hard to remain positive and I can imagine that so many people have begun to struggle with their mental health. So I want to take time now to state that you are not alone, despite how lonely you feel. There will be better days ahead and there is a support system around you. Tom, have you found that there's more people needing mental health services and support as a product of the pandemic? If so, what kind of conversations are you having with these individuals? Absolutely. Um, what we're seeing is we're seeing that more people are feeling cut off and isolated um during this covid pandemic uh, covid19 pandemic it's incredibly sad what i would say is 
there are services out there that we can still reach. Unfortunately, a lot of the peer-to-peer -peer support groups can't can't go go ahead due to the uh, social distancing restrictions. This is, I believe, up for discussion um, to try and get some of these peer-to-peer um, -peer support groups back. But just remember that. I know it all got the rage at the beginning of lockdown, the Zoom quizzes. But these, you don't have to do a quiz, just have a conversation. Reach out if you think someone could be lonely, cut off and isolated. Social interaction is so important. Give them a FaceTime, give them a WhatsApp video call, whatever. Just try and reach out to people that you think may be socially isolated. And this could be from any age. It, there's no sort of age limit on this so please try and reach out if you feel that you can um yeah i'd just echo that um especially if you know your friends are in isolation give them a message give them a phone call give them a facetime knock on their door and stand two meters apart do whatever you can to make sure they're not feeling isolated that rounds up the topic of discussion for today. I want to say a huge thank you for Tom for joining us and having this vital discussion about mental health. But for those listening, don't let this be the end of discussion about mental health. If you are struggling, please reach out. We will attach the key resources and support systems to this podcast for you to access. And if you are still listening, I would, I would urge you all to do something for you today to improve your well-being. Please, everyone, look after yourselves. And remember, struggling is okay and it's important to reach out. Thank you for listening, Katie.